You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos, part of the Stake in the Plains content network and the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Just a couple of casino caballeros talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Ooh, welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson alongside four-time, five-time guest on the podcast, BJ Simmons. I, I'm losing count. He's been on here so much. Definitely the uh, most joined podcast guest. The first, the latest, BJ Simmons. How you doing, man? What's up? I know definitely the third annual preseason gaucho pick podcast, but I think I've joined a couple of other times as well. So, yeah. Bull pickums. Yeah, exactly. Glad to be back. Glad to have you, PJ. <clears throat> Am I an honorable gaucho? For sure. The third okay. gaucho, the fourth gaucho, whatever it is. Bet. Uh, we, we normally talk to you about, uh, some football stuff. We, we've, uh, talked at length, uh, about your Texas tech playing career, but do you have a favorite touchdown you threw? I, I know the people are going to hate us if we don't talk a little bit about it. A favorite touchdown. Wow. Uh, never been asked that one. Um, favorite touchdown. I'm trying to think, was there any like close games? Was there anything memorable? I think. Everyone, we we did a. I think they did like a, a a rewatch of the Ole Miss game. Threw one to Carlos in the end zone to win that one in Oxford. That was pretty memorable. Um, I don't even know if I can remember my first. Would have been when I was younger, in some mop up duty when Cliff was out. Was it to Cole uh, Roberts in uh, in Waco? It might have been. It might have been to see Robin Waco. Pop 30. It back when you were number four? Back when I was number four before J-Mac hit me up and said, hey, I got four tattooed on my arm. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. I got a question for you. We posted the clip of your eight touchdowns against A&M school record. And I think around touchdown number six or so, you got a little bit greedy. Uh, you got one in a pretty tight spot to your boy Mickey Peters and – I'm not going to say you hung him out to dry, but he got popped pretty good. Did you really need to leave him out there like that for touchdown number seven? Like was six just not enough for you? Yeah, I think he definitely would have been in the protocol. Um, Not sure he would have been back in the game and we were still playing today. But, uh, no, that was my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out. He caught it. Uh, So – Ask me again, did you ask – what did you say on the touchdown question? Did you say favorite or most – how did you word that? Yeah, favorite touchdown. Okay. I don't know if you had like a – I had a I, – I think I have a non-favorite or memorable. Most Maybe most memorable was when I threw a touchdown and did the body bump and blew my ACL out. But that would be on the list of non-favorite touchdowns. That's your least favorite celebration of all time? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. Careful when you do the body bump. Might blow any out. I will be careful when we go to Laramie that uh, I won't be body bumping anybody. <laughs> Got to protect my ACLs. 
So, can I get one of those cool little headphones with the mics? I don't. Yeah, man. Am I supposed to have one of those? No, we can <laughs> I make sure I can hear you guys and they can hear me correctly if I don't have one of those. Yeah, if we do a live pod in Laramie, we'll uh, we'll bring them down. All right, sounds like a plan. Rob, I don't want to expose you or anything, but like speaking of kind of embarrassing athletics injuries, didn't you like slip on a an acorn or something in a parking lot about a year ago, and you weren't hurt like super badly or anything, but you were like playing soccer or something? Oh yeah, with uh, I had my hey dudes on and I was playing a little little uh, parking lot soccer with an acorn and absolutely bit the dust face first. I guess uh, leaving work. Yeah. Since, since we're swapping embarrassing stories, I'll out myself. Back in high school, when I was running track, I was like goofing around and tried to jump over a hurdle like backwards. And, you know, jumping over it forward, if you hit it, it's no big deal because it like leans with your body motion and it's usually not a big deal. But backwards, it's like, you know, kind of like hitting the wall and I just tumbled over it and ate a bunch of dirt. So, you know, right in front of like a bunch of girls that I was trying to be like, hey, look, I can jump over backwards and just horrible. Not a good look. It happens. Happens to the best <laughs> there, Kyle. Happens to all of us. All right, we're losing listeners, y'all. Let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, you guys want to start with conference champions or Big 12 totals first? you have any questions there? I'm just a guest. I don't, I don't make the calls. All right, let's start with the conference champions. We'll start uh, alphabetically in the ACC. Uh, I'll take Florida State plus 170 just because I hate Clemson to win the ACC. I think Florida State, right there last year, takes another step this year and wins the ACC. I'm going to go. I like uh, Klubinik. I think the kid from – where is he from? Westlake. Uh like every time he came in for DJ Ungulale or whatever, he, I mean, the team just looked better. He probably should have been playing a lot sooner. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to, he's going to have, you know, first year with the, you know, being the guy. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the uh, chalk and go with Clemson. What if I told y'all there was a team that won nine games last year? It's 40 to 1 in the ACC right now. Was it North Carolina? It was Duke. Duke. <laughs> Year one under Mike Elko. I would say that that's interesting and that I'm not picking Duke. Um, I'm going to, I think for the third year in a row, pick Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. They're 10 to 1. A little bit of a value pick compared to Clemson and Florida State, both around. I'm showing plus 150 on action. That's what I'm looking at. They might have the best quarterback in the country. He might be the number one overall pick. He's recruited really well there, so they've got – they should have top 20 talent nationally. So I'll take the Tar Heels at 10-1, to 1. kind of an upset pick. I do think that is your uh, go-to in the ACC every year in North Carolina. Yep. Is that Drake May? Drake May, yeah. Big Drake May guy, huh? I guess. He he looks solid to me from from what I've seen. All right, that's the ACC. We'll go to the Big Ten next. I believe that's uh, alphabetically right. Uh, Kyle, you want to start us here? Yeah, let me pull up the odds. I don't think that, you know, there's enough value to take anybody besides Ohio State or Michigan. Um, I'll go Michigan. I, I feel a little bit more confident about their head coach and their quarterback position. 
I wish I had, you know, done a little bit more research to find something interesting here, but I don't know. Like I said, I just don't think there's enough value to pick anybody besides one of those two schools. Guessing the schedules are comparable. Of course they have to play each other. I think they play, they play in Ann Arbor this year. So maybe that also kind of leans Michigan's way. Just don't know what Ohio state's going to have. I'm sure they have somebody good at quarterback, but you know, they lose CJ Stroud. So give me Michigan. I see him at plus 177 here on action. That's going to be my pick in the Big Ten. No, uh, no Wisconsin at plus 950 or Minnesota yeah. rowing the boat? I do want to row the boat. Graham Harrell and the Boilermakers, Hudson Card, big Hudson Card guy. They're 100 to 1. Might splash like five bucks on that just in case. Just in case the spread offense takes the Big Ten by storm there in, uh, in West Lafayette or wherever – Purdue plays, but no, give me the, give me the Wolverines. I'll, uh, I'll go opposite of you and go Ohio state BJ. Who do you have in the big 10? Uh, I'm going to go Michigan as well. Um, I know that's kind of a lame pick, but I'll expand more. Why don't want to ruin my, one of my other answers. Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's go to the big 12. Um, I'll go last here just because uh, we'll see. Hey, BJ, you want to, you want to lead us off in the big 12? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be the Homer guy. I think um, the big 12 is wide open. If you look at all the conferences, I think, like you said, like Michigan, we've got like some, some pretty heavy favorites that, you know, when you're looking at the odds, um, you know, they're like kind of even money, you know, or, or not, not far from it. When you talk about like Clemson and, you know, Michigan or Ohio State, you look at the Big 12 and um, it's a little bit more wide open. Uh, I, I think Tech, um, the, the, the making is there, you know, for, for a realistic shot. Um, so I'm going to go with it. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to pick Texas, right? I mean, they, they, I think Texas technically betting wise is the favorite. Um, they've, I, I don't know. Quinn Ewers is um, seems to disappear sometimes, and like uh, he can turn into a pumpkin um, in some games, and then like looks really good at others. I just hadn't really seen a lot of consistency there. Um, Oklahoma, I think, is I think the second favorite. Um, I don't know. They're I, I I don't know much about their team, although their their defense being coached by Venables was terrible last year. Kansas State, I'm not big on that quarterback that was um, – I don't know, was it Howard? Yeah, um, Howard. Yeah, I mean, he was okay when, you know, because uh, Martinez got injured some last year and then – but I, I don't know. I just – I think um, – yeah, I like – I like Tech. I think Tech – look, being, we're, we're Tech people, um, but I think realistically in the past would I say, oh, Tech's going to win the Big 12. I think that this year, realistically speaking – um, is as good a chance as any that we've had. So, I I don't hate that. I don't hate that pick at all. And again, it's like hard to kind of take off your scarlet and black glasses. But th- I mean, there's a world right now where you're favored in at least seven or eight of your Big Twelve games. I don't think you'll be favored in Austin, but like the other ones that are close right now in Waco, hosting TCU, hosting K State, you could be a small favorite by the time those 
roll around. And just because you're favored doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win. But at 10 to one, that's good value for a team that might be favored in like at least six, maybe seven or eight big 12 games. Um, I'm going to go a bit of a different direction and this will require some explanation. Oklahoma at plus 362 on action. I guess you can probably find them at plus 350, plus 360, plus 370, somewhere around there. Same kind of logic as Texas Tech. They won't be favored in that Red River shootout game. But besides that, I mean, they might be minimum four-point favorites in every Big 12 game besides that one. So, I mean, if they do beat Texas, their path is super clear. Even if they drop that one, I think they've got a really good shot to finish 8-1, and 7-2 and at worst in conference play. To get a team with that much talent and that easy of a schedule at plus 360-ish, I think is – pretty good. I don't think the value is there with Texas at, you know, pretty much right at even odds. So I don't actually know if Oklahoma is going to win the big 12, like gun to my head. I don't know if I would pick that, but just weighing the schedule and the value there, that would probably be my pick at the, at the current odds. All right. I'm going with both of you, Texas tech and Oklahoma will play for the big 12 title and Texas tech will win plus 1100 oldest team in the big 12. Tyler Shuck is undefeated in games he started and finished. I, I don't think I can say that stat enough. You love that tidbit. I love it. Uh, this is a guy who is going to go out and have a full season, finally. And I think that's the difference here for Texas Tech. But I can't get over the age. 16 super seniors. Um, at all the right places. They finally have an offensive line, hopefully, that is going to be legitimate. So I'll take Texas Tech plus 1,100 and just insane value. Absolutely insane value here. Uh, longest odds I'm picking for anybody. Yeah, if they imagine if they beat Oregon week two, you know, how drastically the odds might shift. You know, they might immediately go to number three or number two best odds even in the Big 12 to be the champion at that point in the season if, if they beat Oregon, which is a big if. All right, let's go to the SEC. Um, I'll start here. Georgia, I said last year, was going to – this was like a point of contention that Georgia was going to regress, okay? They did not. They won another national championship. Looked even better in year two than they did in year one. Um, but now, losing a quarterback, losing some – some talent surely they'll regress this year at least to the point where alabama plus 300 can get it done i'll take bama over georgia um in a top heavy sec i think georgia clearly warrants a lot of consideration here because you could argue that you know certainly the next two best teams play in the same division and maybe even three or four of the next five or six all play in the west and so their path to get there is considerably easier. Um, I'm looking here to see if there's anything else that I, you know, like Tennessee might be a sexy pick, but they go to Tuscaloosa. They get to host Georgia, but you know, there's like a look ahead line. They're already eight point dogs, even though that game is in Knoxville. So is there enough there? I don't know. Um LSU might be kind of a sexy pick. They won the West last year in year one with Brian Kelly. You know, could they get back there as you know more of a value pick? I do like when teams play a, a big non-conference game early like they do, and they play Florida State. Kind of no consequences in terms of the SEC title race. 
Um, looking at LSU's schedule right now, same deal. They go to Tuscaloosa. Not that that's like an automatic L, but that gives me some pause. I, I guess I'll just pick Georgia. I mean, I just don't see a good enough path for anybody else. And I know that's a lame pick, but they're going to at the very least be in the title game. I don't really see a way where they don't win the East division. And so I'll, I'll stick with the Bulldogs. I'm wrong with LSU. I like the quarterback Daniels. Um, they got a really stud over there from the Houston area that was like freshman, all everything defensive player. He's like, I think the highest, odds for the, the Heisman on defense as far as um, defensive players go. So I'm going to roll with uh, uh, Go Tigers, LSU. Brian yeah. Kelly, huh? My neighbor's from next door, Louisiana. Okay. Um, I might actually switch my pick because looking at LSU's schedule, here's like their last half. At home against Auburn, at home against Army, they go to Tuscaloosa, like I mentioned. That's going to be tough. Home against Florida, home against Georgia State, home against A&M. So, I don't know. Maybe if Bama drops one earlier in the year or if they pull off the upset there, their entire back half of the schedule is at home. They avoid Tennessee and Georgia out of the east. I'm going to change my pick to LSU. Sold by uh, BJ there. Yeah, but I get like an extra half point or something on that if no. they win it. Or- I'll, give you, I'll give you some commission if it cashes. <laughs> All right, let's go to the most interesting conference in America for 2023, their final season. The Pac-12, everybody's last shot at everybody. Uh, I'll take Washington at plus 340. Utah back-to-back champs at plus 550 was tempting. Uh, I was all in on USC last year, but I just can't bring myself to pick USC twice in a row. Uh, love Lincoln Riley, but he just cannot finish big games. So I'll take Washington and the quarterback of my dreams, Michael Penix Jr., to take the Pac-12. Um, I don't – the USC – they're going to be really good on offense with Caleb Williams. I don't know what they're doing on defense. I thought that Lincoln was for sure going to fire. I'm all of a sudden drawing a blank on the guy he brought over from OU. Um, I mean, that defense was just absolutely horrible last year. Uh, Utah, Cam Rising coming off the knee injury. I don't really know what to expect there. Um, just to be different from you two, or I don't know, I don't know if I'm being different. I guess I am, right? I'm gonna roll with the Ducks who come to Lubbock and go with Bo Nix in Oregon. I'm gonna roll with the Ducks. So we have one Washington and one Oregon. Yes, I think Oregon State has been. They're kind of like the Texas Tech of the Pac-12. You know, maybe picked fourth or fifth. 10 to 1, 11 to 1. Had a good season last year. I don't think that has staying power. I think that that's a a sort of manufactured hype kind of deal. I don't think Oregon State's going to be a contender. Give me USC. 
I know that Lincoln has his big game flaws, but I also saw him win with experienced quarterbacks in the Big 12 over and over. And you can say what you want about when he got to the playoff and things like that. But with Cam Rising, maybe not fully healthy coming into the season. They have one tough road game at Oregon, second last game of the season. Besides that, they, they go on, to, on the road to South Bend, but that is a game that won't impact the Pac-12 title race. So I see them as a one-loss team in the Pac-12, and that'll be enough to get to the, top, to the title game, and they'll be favored there. So give me the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, and a guy that most would say is a top-five coach in college football, Lincoln Riley. Hey, real quick, I apologize. My daughter just got home, so I'm eating on the pod. You think we can maybe get a new sponsor for the Gauchos? What do you think? Yeah, we could try. Stop sign of Texas. She brought me a blizzard, so I got to eat it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Looking out for dad. Have to. All right, so we've got uh, the five big conferences. Let's go to Heisman winners now. Uh, you want to give three favorites? Some finalists? Who wants to start yeah. here? Kyle, I know you're chomping at the bit right there. Yeah, I think we picked three Heisman winners last year. I never like picking a, a repeat winner. I just think even if you have a good enough season like Lamar Jackson in 2015, they kind of discriminate against you. I, I think the Heisman Committee will do whatever they can to not award it to the same guy. So I'm sure Caleb Williams will put up, you know, 5,000 yards total. I, I don't think it'll matter, though. I, You know, coinciding with my pick of LSU that I thought of all by myself – uh, without any input from anyone else, Jaden Daniels, eleven to one. If they have the kind of year where they win the SEC, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be a big part of that. I think Jordan Travis. There's been a ton of hype about him coming out of Florida State, and Drake May, another guy from the ACC, fifteen to one. I'll pick those three. It's a quarterbacks award. I, I I'm a little bit tempted. If I had a fourth pick, I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. at twenty to one. If a receiver was going to win it. I don't think a running back will win it more than once every 20 years moving forward. So give me those three quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, LSU, Jordan Travis, Florida State, Drake May, North Carolina. And then I'm going to maybe get a half unit, cheat a little bit on Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. So are we picking three Heisman winners? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, some finalists. <laughs> All right. So I kind of teased this a little bit earlier. Kyle, what do you have are your odds for J.J. McCarthy? 18 to 1. Okay. I think Michigan could potentially – they're a threat to win it all. Um, I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I think they're going to be in the playoff. And they've beaten Ohio State, what, the last two years? Maybe – I don't know. I think that there's tremendous odds there. He's going to be in his second year as a starter. Um, I know they run the ball with Quorum and all that. He got hurt at the end of the year and he's back. But I just think when you look at, like, to your point, it's a quarterback award and it's a team award. Now, I get it. The best team guy doesn't always win it. We've seen that in the past with, you know, Manziel, they were nine and three or whatever. You know what I mean? So guys can win it putting up a stellar season, even when their team doesn't like go to the playoff or win their conference or go, you know, 12 and 0 and or 11 and 1. I just think there's tremendous value there at 18 and 1. When you talk about he's the quarterback on a team that could, they could go 12 and 0 
Um, and if they go 12 and 0, then I really love the 18 to 1. So um, McCarthy's the guy I had penciled. Um, if Shuck, if Tech really does win the Big 12 and Tyler Shuck stays healthy, I'm going to be honest. I put like, I got like plus 10,000 and put a hundred bucks on Shuck just for funsies, you know? So um, you never know lightning can strike. And if like you look at the offense, I mean, look at, look at like, so Bailey Zappi sets the all time NCAA record under the same offensive coordinator. Um, You know, what if, Tyler Shuck stays healthy all year. Tech wins the Big 12, and he puts up, like, zappy-type numbers. Like, you're telling me there's not value at, like, plus 10,000 on Tyler Shuck? So, I look at, like, kind of in the top guys, Caleb Williams would be kind of the no-brainer. He's going to have a massive year and, like, maybe be it. But if I'm looking for value, um, some going, like, Caleb Williams would be the guy I'd put money on as like a hedge to maybe win it or highly likely win it. But then McCarthy and then let's throw Shuck in for value. Hey, same value pick with uh, Tyler Shuck. Same Rob, reason. What? Rob, Rob, before you give your finals, can I guess who one of them is? Sure. This might be a little bit off the radar for some, but do you have Sam Hartman from Notre Dame? No. Okay. <laughs> We've talked about him before. I thought you might be like, "Hey, Notre Dame, if they win eleven games." No, no, he, no. He was no. good at Wake Forest, so I think he'll be better than what they've had the last couple of years. Uh, certainly better than Ian Book. Oh, he's way better. So they'll have a good. Love season. Hartman. Yeah, but it's Notre Dame's offense, and I don't, I don't. Yeah. Know. He's not gonna put up a lot of stats. Uh, I took Penix at eighteen hundred plus eighteen hundred. Caleb Williams at plus six hundred as the favorites. Uh, I think I think a, an, a Pac-12 quarterback could put up big numbers this year. I think they're going to look a lot like the Big 12 circa 2012 and just put up a bunch of numbers there in the pack, and that's good for Heisman odds. Can I run through some other like notable Big 12? Sure. So Quinn Ewers, who all accounts this offseason indicate that he's shredded with a six-pack, is 13-1. to one. He's the he's actually the third shortest odds out of anybody, shortest odds of any player in the Big Twelve. Let's see here. This is in, not a Big Twelve guy. Kind of intriguing to me. Joe Milton, Tennessee, twenty three to one. Cannon. Cannon, and before he got hurt last year, Hendon Hooker was arguably the front runner, certainly top three. Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma's quarterback, forty to one. Yep. Quinshawn Judkins. Freshman running back from Ole Miss last year. We saw him in the Texas Bowl. Bottled him up pretty good for most of the night. He's 50-1 to one heading into his sophomore campaign. He's a running back, and his team will be 500. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he might run for 2,000 yards, and it, it won't matter. Spencer Rattler. Rob, 55-1, to one, your boy, Spencer Rattler. My guy, Spencer. Um, who else we got here? This is kind of interesting. Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia, 65-1. to one. He's ahead of Cam Rising, seventy to one, Utah's quarterback. Arch Manning, eighty to one. You're, you're kind of betting on like a really early injury to Quinn Ewers, and that a true freshman would come in and be the most outstanding player in college football. 
Um, Jackson Arnold from Oklahoma, 100 to 1. Xavier Worthy, Texas wide receiver, 100 to 1. Jalen Daniels, Big 12 offensive preseason player of the year, 100 to 1. What about Howard. that one for you from the Big 12? What about John Rice Pumley? Plumley. I am almost there. Uh, there's a bunch <laughs> of Big 12 quarterbacks coming up. So Will Howard, Kansas State, also 100 to 1. Blake Shapin, Baylor, 100 to 1. Don't leave out Bowman. Okay, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Bowman yet. Shuck, 100 to 1. John Rice Plumley, 120 to 1. I might splash a little on maybe the greatest athlete in all of college football. Shadur Sanders. Dual sport. Yeah. Shadur Sanders, 120 to 1. Spencer Sanders at Ole Miss, the third string quarterback, 125 to 1. Hudson Card, 136 to 1. Uh, BJ, I am not seeing Chandler Morris, TCU, 150 to 1. No Alan Bowman? Keaton Slovis, 175 to 1. What about Donovan Smith? Not seen. They've got Hunter Deckers on here, 200 to 1. He's not going to play this year, but I don't see. He bet on himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one with a Hunter Deckers ticket. Yeah. Um, JT Daniels at Rice now, 301. Emory Jones, Cincinnati quarterback, 301. I don't see Alan Bowman or. Um, yeah. Who was the other one you were asking about? Donovan Smith. Yeah, I don't see Donovan or Alan Bowman. I'm sure they have odds posted somewhere, but they're not on the action consensus. Won the job, according to Duarte. Over how? How crazy would you have to be to bet? So Cade McNamara, transfer from Michigan, Iowa's starting quarterback, yeah. 150 to 1. How crazy would you have to be to bet on Iowa's starting quarterback to win the Heisman? <laughs> like if, if there's a prop bet on this guy's passing yards, it's probably like 1,700. And you're Honestly, the field goal kicker probably have better odds than the quarterback. <laughs> For a safety. Seriously. Yeah. Safety or linebacker? Maybe even the punter. <laughs> Field position. It's a game of field position. What are your thoughts on uh, Dylan Gabriel, BJ? I like him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he um, – I liked him at U, um, UCF. I mean, so for a guy that stayed in conference, you know, and he transferred. Um, yeah, I think – I think he's uh, – you know, he's kind of like – he, he, I'm not big on lefties, but for lefties, I like him. He's kind of got like a little compact release. Um, he's kind of gritty. He's he can he's mobile. He can run around a little bit. Um, yeah, I think I think Gabriel's when you know Kyle's talking about uh, OU being his big his Big Twelve pick. There's value on some you know somebody like that. When you're looking about just value for Heisman, but you know Heisman aside, I, I like Gabriel as a quarterback. Good to know. I don't like him. Okay, <laughs> but I don't. But I don't know anything. That's why I was wanting your opinion. I, I don't know what it. Maybe it is just because he's a lefty. Yeah, he's a lefty, so it's That's hard. All to, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, but you like Penix, though, right? That's true, it, and I don't know why. I, it's just something about Dylan Gabriel. Maybe it's just because he's at OU. Because I did like him at uh, UCF, so maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i just uh, built-in bias there. Or is it just because I said he was good and that we should consider him for 
that first team be, quarterback. That, that could, I'm yeah. sure that played a part. That could be it. All right, uh, some Big 12 totals here. I've got them down. We'll just use the ones I saw today from uh, Vegas Insider. Perfect. Uh, they are, I believe, very current. Uh, we'll go alphabetically here, except for when I forgot BYU, so we'll do BYU at the end. Uh, let's see. Baylor, seven and a half. Baylor, seven and a half. I'm going under. Under seven and a half. Me too. I'll take a snug under it for Baylor. Eight home games. Does that do anything for y'all? I mean, it'll snug. I think if if Cam Rising doesn't play or is at like eighty percent in that game when Utah goes to Waco, they could very easily start three and zero. Problem is, the next two they host Texas and then go to UCF. I don't think they'll win in Orlando. This one's close. Um, they get Cincinnati, they get Iowa State, they get Houston, probably the three worst teams in the conference, or three of the four worst. They get West Virginia. I'm going to go over just based on schedule and all those home games. I, I don't think they're going to be a great team. I think eight and four, and it might not be pretty. But I just don't know if I see five losses on here. They're a six or seven win, win team under. Agreed. Uh, Cincinnati, five and a half. Cincinnati. I also will take the under here. Mm. See, I had it at five in my notes when I took my notes down. Um, five and a half is a little more challenging because I had over five. So do I go over five and a half? Um, I'm going to say under. I'm going to, I think the number is five. So I'm going to say under five and a half. Same deal. Maybe I, maybe I weigh schedule too heavily. In the non con, they go to Pitt. They're probably not going to win that game. But then besides themselves, they get the three worst Big 12 teams on their schedule. So I don't know. Um, I'm going to go under though, because like, even those bad teams that they play, Houston and West Virginia are on the road. If they lose one of those, it's hard to see them being a bowl team. So I'll say under. I think five wins is probably their not, – not their ceiling, but pretty likely they're not going to go much over that, if any. So I'll go under five and a half. Uh, up next, Houston at four and a half. Houston, four and a half. Uh, over. I got them five wins over four and a half. <laughs> You're not going to get a lot of analysis from me on the schedule and stuff. I'm going to leave that to Kyle. I'm just going straight to the picks. Me too. I'm also taking the over, I believe, in Donovan Smith. I think they won't be a factor in the Big 12, but they could get to the over by going 3-0 in non-con and then only winning two conference games. Uh, you, you said four and a half, right? Four and a half. Yeah, I think five wins is about right, so I'll, I'll say over. Uh, Iowa State, and this is still at five and a half, so you might have some value here. I'll take the under on five and a half for Iowa State. Under. Their defense is going to be good. I. They might hold teams to 10 or 13 points and lose, you know, consistently. They kind of did that last year, and that was with 
a guy that should have returned as their starting quarterback, starting running back, starting offensive lineman. I just, I don't see how they're going to score against anybody. They're going to be the worst offense by far in the conference. So under. Okay, so what is y'all's number on that? Because I was looking around and it was off the board because I guess of the gambling situation. Yeah. What what number are we going with officially here? So this is the original, I guess, five and a half. Yeah, it's they're gonna... probably with Hunter Deckers, so you get a free one here. Yeah, under. It's the gratis spot on the uh, the bingo card. Exactly. Free space. Uh, KU at six and a half. <laughs> when uh, we... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, when we interviewed Kevin Flaherty with uh, 24-7 or, or CBS. Um, Same thing. He said that Kansas' six and a half ticket was one of the most bet season unders out of any team in the country. And so I, I don't know if there's actually value in, you know, quote, fading the public. But a lot of people, I think a lot of betters expect them to kind of return to earth a little bit. I I think their offense is going to be really good. It, we, we've seen really good offenses come through here and not win more than six and a half games. But I, I think the non-conference is doable. They do go on the road to Nevada. They host Illinois. Illinois was solid last year. But the, I could see them at three wins before Big 12 play, and then they wouldn't even have to go above 500 in conference. So I'm I'm leaning over just based on how good their offense is. Yeah, their schedule is really easy early on. They could start 4-0. I mean, realistically, um, you alluded to it. Missouri State at home. I mean, that's an automatic W. Um, first... Big 12 openers, BYU at home. Um, Then they, you know, their schedule gets a lot tougher, but they end with Cincinnati. I think I'm going to go with under. I think they're going to start strong and then have a tough go, but I'm going to, I'm going to say they're six and six. So I'm going to say under six and a half, they're going to be six and six. I'll take a snug over. I think they'll go seven and five, lose their bowl game. I think they might get to seven and five the last game of the season at Cincinnati. Yeah. It's like the middle of their schedule is tougher. You know, Texas, UCF, OU, Texas Tech, Kansas State, but then they get an easier one. So I, I can see them like starting five and three and then dropping a bunch or winning one out of the next four or something like that. But then kind of like they did last year, they started five and oh. And then they were down to like five and four before they got bowl eligible, which was kind of their big benchmark. So it might not be till the last game of the season, but I think they'll get to seven and five. Kansas State, eight and a half. Go ahead, Rob. You start us. Uh, Climbing is a winner. Uh, I like Will Howard, but I don't know how – I don't know how many games he'll play this year. Kansas State's kind of had the injury bug at quarterback, just like Texas Tech has, uh, playing a bunch of guys. Now they've done better with it. But Kleiman wins. He just won the Big 12. I have no reason to believe they won't win nine games again. Uh, I'll take the over. Just pure based on uh, consistency from Kleiman. So I think looking at their schedule, um, it's favorable 
Um, it's easier for me to look at losses potentially than wins for them when I'm looking at, you know, a team that potentially could win eight, nine, ten games. Um, I think I think they beat Iowa State. They beat Kansas. They beat Baylor. Um, losses I see maybe on the road at Texas, um, in Lubbock, maybe in Stillwater. Um, I mean, that's really it. Uh, TCU, I don't know. They play them at home. Houston, they got them at home. Baylor at home. UCF at home. Um, yeah, I think, I think nine and three is realistic. And even if they win one of those road games, um, you know, they could lose another one of those homes. So I I think nine and three is realistic. I'm going to say over. Kyle, big Kansas state guy, Kyle. Yeah. Should I change hats real quick? I've got the, um, they're kind of like tech. They have a really pivotal toss up game in the non-conference early. They play Missouri week three. I think that game will be within a three point spread one way or the other. That's on the road, by the way, they win that one. You know, it's their path becomes pretty clear. I don't know, man. I I'm gonna say snug under eight and four. But I so, think they'll be they'll be a good team. They'll be a tough out. But if they lose on the road to Mizzou and they start two and one, you know, like BJ said, they go to Stillwater, they go to Lubbock, they go to Austin. That starts to kind of add up, even if they can hold serve at home against good teams like TCU, UCF. Uh, they get a gimme at the end of the season. They host Iowa State, so like automatic plus one after their first 11 games. They go to Lawrence. You know, they're going to get Kansas's best shot. So give me eight and four, even though I don't, I don't think they'll be a lot worse than last year. I still think they'll be a really good team, but uh, I'll say just under. No chance Dorkowitz beats Kleiman. I hope you're right. Dorkowitz. Uh, did you see his uh, celebrating the five-star pick video? Yeah, everything that guy does is embarrassing. I don't know why they keep filming that and posting it. Like He jumped and hugged another grown man. That was just amazing. Yeah. They won't revenge it. They lost that game 40-6 to six last year. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, OU nine and a half. Schedule alone, I'll take the over. Yeah, I think they'll be five and zero oh going into the Red River game. Even if they lose that, the schedule gets easy again, in my opinion. Um, their road games aren't as tough, and their home games are. You know, Norman is still a tough place to win. If I picked them to win the Big 12, I've got to be consistent, I think, over. But a lot of that is due to schedule. I think they may have the easiest schedule in the conference. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say over, um, which makes me think Kyle's onto something with his with his pick on the value for the conference. But, I mean, Texas and Cotton Bowl um, – I don't know. They could lose like um, at. I mean, they could they could lose against Oklahoma State in that Bedlam game. Um, I don't know. Maybe they go like Provo and lose. Um, but other than that, I mean, Cincinnati, Iowa State, UCF, West Virginia. I mean, I I don't know. I don't. 
I don't see a lot of losses on the schedule, to be honest. Even if they lose the Bedlam game and they lose Texas, just assuming they lose those two games, that's still 10 wins. They'd have to lose, like, on the road at Kansas or um, on the road at BYU. I don't know, maybe TCU could beat them at home um, in Norman, but I don't know. I'm going to say over. All right, we are uh, halfway through the Big 12 here, smoking them. Kyle, what else is uh, smoked that you like? Well, that's a little bit of a loaded question, but I think you were going with a Rahino, uh, Rahino barbecue ad read. BJ, yeah. have you had Rahino yet? I have not. Well, no, I don't you, get to love it very often. So, are you going for the Oregon game or anything like that? I'm going for the Houston game. Okay, we'll we'll take you to Rahino. Open offer. We'll buy you some barbecue. It's the best barbecue in West Texas. Whatever you like, ribs, brisket, turkey, sausage, jalapeno poppers, they've got it all. Rahino Market is now open uh, seven days a week, and then the restaurant's open five days a week. The lines can be long, so order ahead, RahinoBBQ.com. Give them a follow on social at RahinoBBQ. Maybe we get a Rahino tailgate or something for the Houston game. Hey, there's an idea. Depending on the uh, time. Yeah. Always in for Hino tailgate. Uh, yeah. Catered. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, all right. Going to Oklahoma State, six and a half. Six and a half season total. Uh, Gundy has not missed a bowl in a uh, Has he missed a bowl in his career? Maybe like his first year at Oklahoma State, but I don't think so. Been a long time. Been a long time. I'll take the under. Six and a half. Same. I'm gonna roll the under just because Alan Bowman left me on left me on read my DMs when he transferred. So I'm going under. The schedule's a joke. They play the four worst teams in the Big 12. They play Central Arkansas and South Alabama in the non-con. I want to say under because I don't think they'll be any good. I, I, I'm not an Alan Bowman believer. I'm not a hater because he transferred. I'm just, like, looking around and, you know, the guy he couldn't beat out and transferred away from I didn't think was very good either. No offense. So, I want to say under. But, like, they get Iowa State, they get West Virginia. Arizona State's their toughest non-con game. That's in Tempe. Uh, let me count this up. Take your time. I think – so they split those. That's an L. So, one and two. One and three. Two and three. Split those. Three and four. They seems like they have a lot of home games, doesn't three it? Three and five. Man, this is a tough number. Again, I think this sort of swings on the non-con game. Arizona State, I think they're seven and five if they win that, six and six if they lose it. Year one for Dillingham at Arizona State. I don't know if they're ready for that. I'll say over, but they're going to be a crappy seven and five team. Speaking of crappy seven and five teams, TCU seven point five is the number. I'll take the under. That's bold. Back that up. Why? Why are you picking the defending national runner-up to go seven wins? 
they got extremely lucky last year. Every quarterback was hurt that they played. Uh, they were down in the fourth quarter to Kansas State and Texas Tech. Both won those games after quarterback injuries. Uh, I don't think everyone will be hurt this year when they play them. They lost their quarterback, wide receiver, uh, emergency break glass, throw down field if open guy. They lost their best running back. They lost their best playmaker. They lost both of uh, all three of their inside offensive linemen. So offensively, I don't know that they've done enough to uh, replace that. Do you think they lose to either Colorado or SMU in the non-con? Uh, you know, prime is uh, prime for an upset. I don't know that they will, but. If they go 3-0 in non-con, you're basically predicting below 500 in the Big 12. Yeah, I think they win seven games. Okay. So what's the number? What are we saying? Seven and a half is the number. Okay. I think they're going to be seven and oh. Um, so it's the question is, do they win one of their last five at K-State, at Tech, Texas at home, Baylor at home, at OU? Right? So do they win one of those five? I mean, it's, it's the most – uh, seesaw schedule that you'll see literally they here's their first seven games Colorado at home Nichols Houston SMU West Virginia Iowa State BYU at home um I'm gonna be honest I don't know a lot about BYU this year it's hard for me to say what I think about that game because just honestly speaking I don't know a lot about BYU um but they play them at home. I'm going to say they're seven and zero, and then they win one of those last five. So I'm going to say over seven and a half. I'm going over as well, Rob. I agree with what you're saying. They did have some injury luck last year, both on their own team and opposing teams. They lucked into starting the Heisman runner-up. It wasn't the guy they picked out of fall camp, and they did. I mean, their offense bail out they're like you know Quentin Johnson's down there somewhere and they just throw it up and right yep. they they did that a lot last year um yeah they you know, I mean, they do lose some key players oh yeah I mean Johnson the David but, but I've also seen them like people that cover, I've seen people that cover TCU argue okay yeah we lose a guy like Quentin Johnston but maybe our wide receiver room top to bottom has more depth than it did last year with Johnston and Darius Davis I don't know if they're right or if that's like the Mahomes Shimanek syndrome, like, oh, we might be we might be even better running this system with Shimanek than we were with the literal greatest player of all time. They're real they're real amped about this Oklahoma State transfer. Who said average like eight yards per catch last year? Like they think he's gonna be a big difference maker. I I don't think I buy that. Like you're losing the Heisman runner up, you're losing a first round wide receiver, you're losing additional playmakers beyond those guys. I don't think they lost a lot defensively. I mean they lose the Thorpe Award winner, but they bring back bunch of other really good dbs sure um really at all three levels so i think over i mean mm-hmm. i don't know i schedule plays part of it i think they'll go three and zero in the non-con um here's a take they could go they could go eight and four this year and like maybe be favored over last year's team on a neutral field
you saying this TCU team would be favored against last year's TCU team? Yeah, like last year's team never really got a lot of respect from the odds makers. Like in the rematch with Kansas State, I think they were slight underdogs. They were, what, 14 or 17-point dogs in the national championship. So, like, I, I think the odds makers kind of saw what we all saw. Like, yeah, their record is 12-0 and 0 or whatever, but we're not sold that this is that good of a team. And so this year's team could have, like, some opposite luck and – Maybe they win eight games, but they should have won ten. And pound for pound, they're better than last year. I, I don't see that happening, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't like totally rule that out as an impossibility. I was thinking about them actually through this lens. Like, even if Duggan were coming back, what would we be saying? We'd be like, well, he had the greatest season ever last year. Like, he's due for let's say five or ten percent regression. New offensive coordinator. He's losing his top running back, his top receiving weapon. Like, even if he was coming back, I would sort of have question marks about that offense, and he's not coming back. A guy who's yeah. started like two or three career games is in his place. So, I don't know. A lot of TCU fans seem to think that they can reload pretty easily and contend in the same fashion they did last year. I don't buy that, but I think they'll go over seven and a half. Uh, let's go to Texas. Nine and a half is the number. Nine and a half. Over. Any reason there or just a gut feeling at Austin in you? No. <laughs> um, I think they'll lose in Tuscaloosa, but I think that game might be really close. And if Alabama doesn't have a quarterback, they might win that game. I think they're going to be so dominant on the offensive line. And like if, if, I don't think I'm totally sold on the Quinn Ewers hype, but if he's 80% of what the hype is and he's got start calling plays behind that O-line and with weapons like Worthy and Jatavion Sanders, I think they'll be the best offense in the Big 12. And they've got talent on defense as well. I mean, we picked their guy who won um, preseason defensive player of the year, Jalen Ford. So uh, we say this every year. The logic is always that Texas ought to be a top one or two team in the Big 12 because they can out-talent everybody, and that's true again this year. Will it actually happen? I don't know. But I think they're under. Their season under is like 9-1 and one in the last decade. Sark, that's a big tidbit about Sark's career. He's never won double-digit games. I think this is the season that finally snap out of all that and get to 10 wins. BJ? I'm going to say over. I think um, I'm not going to go all the way and say Texas is back, but um, I think they've obviously disappointed historically um, over and over and over again. Um, I'm not going to say they're a title contender, but I think they can win 10 games. I think this team can go 10 and two and anything probably less than that is going to be super disappointing, but it's, it's the same story every year. I mean, this team was supposed to be that last year. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's the same situation every year with them, but, um, I don't know why I think this year's going to be any different. I just, uh, I, I do think they can, I do think they can win 10 games this year. I agree with both of you, but just for the sake of being different, I'll take the under. Uh, Texas Tech, I picked them to win the Big 12, so I'm going to say over 7.5. I think that's pretty obvious on my end. Um, 
schedule wise, I think it breaks out decently. I think they do have a tough schedule, but I think they can win eight games. And uh, obviously, if they're in the Big 12 title race, it's more than eight. But that Oregon game is going to be a huge swinger there early. Yeah, it's an easy over for me. I think finding five losses on the schedule is tough, even if you lose some of those toss-up type games. But again, I'll go back to it. You're not going to be favored in Austin. I think Oregon could close really close to a pick'em, and then some of those games that you know we would forecast to be a pick'em a couple months from now, Texas having the kind of season we think they can and will, you know, you'll be a slight home favorite against Kansas State and TCU, and so. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of a believer that this is trending toward Texas Tech is being really undervalued at the beginning of the season, kind of like Kansas and TCU were last year. And that you could betting on them individual games, you know, you could make a lot of money the first half of the season before the market kind of catches up. And if, if we are sitting here Thanksgiving day and looking back at their past 11 games and said, okay, they're favored in let's say nine of those 11 games before going to Austin over under seven and a half wins. I mean that I think you like those odds. So I'm a believer in this team. I think Rob will have more of an in-depth preview on why we're believers and maybe game-by-game kind of predictions before the season kicks off. But, yeah, over seven and a half, I feel really good about. Same. Uh, I think this is a great value bet for those of you gamblers out there. Um, I know my book has this – regular season total juiced to the under, um, under seven and a half. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, the schedule, um, I think you've got the Oregon game is, um, y'all alluded to, it's going to be one that tells a lot about this team, but you do play them at home. Um, obviously, You've got a chance anytime you play anybody at home in Lubbock. Um, other than that, you go to Austin. Um, I don't think that scares anybody, right? I mean, we've we've won there before. Other than that, you get um, you get Kansas State at home. You get TCU at home. Um, you go to Kansas, but I think they're going to be down a little bit. Like I said, they're. I think they've had a, a good couple of years, nice little run. Um, would they start like seven and zero last year or something, and then six and zero or something? And they were ranked. So, you know, I think you you got to look out for these games on the road, like at BYU, right? Um, at Baylor, um, you, those like sleeper road Big Twelve games. Um, you got to win those games, and historically, Tech. Um, hasn't always done that. You know, we go on the road to Iowa State and lose. Go on to the, you know, go to Stillwater and lose. Um, go to Lawrence and lose. The the road games, um, you got to hold serve on those. And then, I mean, let's say you lose to Oregon and Texas, and I'm not saying we will, but I mean, there you still got to find two more losses. Uh, you know, actually three more losses. Yeah. To hit the under. Right. And I don't know. I just, I would hammer the over seven and a half. Like if you're getting plus money too. So. 
All right, let's go to UCF at six and a half. Pulling up the schedule. I um, just I just wrapped up the last one, so. Yeah, my gut says over because I think they're going to be the best equipped of the four newcomers. Pretty interesting non-con. Nobody jumps out as a difficult opponent, but they go all the way from Orlando to Boise. That could be tough. But I could see them getting a 3-0 in the non-con. Um, some games that might be considered kind of toss-up types like Baylor, you know, they get there in Orlando, Oklahoma State, same deal. Like I think they'll be slight favorites in games like that. I, I'll say over. I took under on – well, no, I took over on Houston, under on Cincinnati. So this would be two and one to the over for the newcomers so far. But, yeah, I, th I think over. I think they'll be a really tough out for a, a newcomer. I will also take the over. It's snug, though. I'm going to go snug over seven, seven wins here. What's our number here? Six and a half. Mm, six and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six. I'm gonna say six. I'm gonna go under. Um, I think the number is. I don't know. I was the number I had was seven, and I was going under seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna, but I think under seven is still puts you at six. So for six and a half, I'm still sticking with it. Let's Rob, how many, how many overs versus unders have I bet so far? Well, I lost my pen for the first half, but uh, you're all overs here on the, the back half. That's what I feel like I've taken like three or four overs in a row. Yeah. My pen was up here on my computer. I didn't see it in the shadow. Real, real dumbass move for me. Uh, all right, let's go to West Virginia at four and a half. And I do not trust the climb. I don't trust Neil Brown, and I'm going to take the under. <laughs> Uh, same. Under, oh. under. Yeah, this might surprise you, Rob. I'm going to go under. I think it could be over if they called plays the right way. I, but I, I just, I don't trust your boy Neil Brown. I think they need to be the slowest team that has the highest percentage of run plays in the conference. And he was talking about going tempo and throwing vertical at Big Twelve Media Days. And I was like, man, that is. The last thing your current roster is designed to do. So I run the damn ball, Neil. But he won't yeah. do it. Who's, I think, their, who, who's their quarterback? Garrett Green. He's a he's a pretty shifty runner. Like probably not a great passer, but kind of like a gamer type. You know, he can run the ball pretty well. But he's not a big guy, so kind of some durability concerns. He's like five eleven, six foot. Um, but they've got two really good running backs. They return all five offensive linemen. They have like 105 career starts. They have an All-American center. So they need to be running up the gut like 50 times a game, but they're not going to do that. So under. A brutal non-con, Penn State and Pitt. You know, they'd probably be fortunate to, to get to two and one in the non-con. All right, final one. BYU, five and a half. And you alluded to it earlier. I, I don't know anything about BYU. BJ said it earlier. I, I really don't. I don't know how they're going to react 
to being in the Big 12, but I went over just because I think they can be a bowl team. I, I don't think they're going to come in and win eight games, but BYU and, and Kalani Sataki and Keaton Slovis, I just I think they have enough to do six wins. Under. Okay. BJ shaking his head. Yeah, I'm going to go under just because it's a new Big 12 team. I, I think uh, Pac-12 yeah. South champ, BYU. Can't uh, can't hack it in a power conference. I don't know. I just think it's going to be it's going to be. You know, but you know, BYU. They've always. It's not like the conference. It's not like the competition level is going to be a challenge for them because they've always played. You know, what were they independent? You yeah. know, so like they, it's not like they never scheduled anybody. They were an independent, but they were still playing like, you know, pretty challenging teams and a challenging schedule. You know, it wasn't like they were playing. You know they were they were playing a power five schedule. I just um, did you say their quarterback is Slovis? Yeah, from USC. From Pitt and Pitt, yeah, Pitt. yeah. I mean, you lose track. It's like yeah. I didn't even know that was their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I liked the kid at USC. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But then he went to Pitt, and then he tra- – okay, just for them having a third a quarterback, like, on his third team in three years, I'm saying under. I'm going to trail both of y'all on the under. They they go to Fayetteville in the non-con. That's going to be really tough. I think Rob went over. Didn't mean to, didn't mean oh, okay. To, didn't mean to cut you off. But. No, no worries. I thought y'all both picked under. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have a good home field advantage, but their roster construction is very portal heavy. And I know sometimes you have to do that. Um, I'm not sold on their coach. I think their coach is a good guy, but I don't actually know if he's – if I would put him, like, in the top half of the conference in terms of coaching chops. So, I think they're going to be a tough out in Provo, but uh, they go to Fayetteville. That's going to be tough. They're, they're one of the few teams that plays Texas and Oklahoma. They finish in Stillwater. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to be that good, but that's still a tough road environment. So, I'm going to go under – I think they've got some good players, some experienced players, but I, I'm, I'm worried about any team that's kind of that portal heavy. Can they mesh quickly enough to win enough games? And that would put me at two and two on the newcomers over and under. So I'm going to go under. And the analytics hate them. I, I, I kind of think eyeball tests and just in my opinion, they're better than what the analytics say. But um, they're kind of viewed by some of those models as like a bottom three or four team in the conference. So that's that's concerning as well. All right. That's all we have. Uh, we'll do a mailbag, but I'm not going to make you stick around to this uh, mailbag, BJ, if you don't want to. We already got 60 minutes of us in. If you want to stick around for the mailbag, you're welcome to. What are, your, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll stick. All right. Got the mailbag. We got the mailbag drop and everything. Who's the mailbag sponsored by? We got to drop first. You've got mail. Mail time. I found these in my mailbag. Well, it's time to reach into the old mailbag here. Enjoy reading the fan mail. Don't read it all at once. Any mail for me? You don't have a Tic Tac, do you? Did I get any mail? No. Why not, honey? Kyle loves that drop. BJ, do you like that uh, mailbag clip? Loved it. All right, I'm outnumbered then. Sports radio guy, BJ Simmons.
Rob, I realized last episode I said I was going to do the Barnett Howard and Williams ad read after the, and we never did it. So it's been like a four day cliffhanger. But the mailbag is sponsored by our friends over at Barnett Howard and Williams. If you're an Iowa State quarterback who gets caught allegedly betting on college football games, call our friends over at Barnett Howard and Williams, bhwlawfirm.com if you want to learn more. I don't actually know if they do sports betting, but uh, they do <laughs> Title IX student litigation, catastrophic injury, criminal defense, all that good stuff. I hope you never need them, but three double Texas Tech graduates in your corner if you do, bhwlawfirm.com. All right, under, over, not over, under, but under, over. Uh, August 28th, when the Texas Tech basketball schedule releases their full non-conference schedule. August 28th. The first game is November 8th. Over. Yeah, is it over after August 28th? I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't that, know. They, they probably should have said before or after instead of over, under. on Under, over. <laughs> Give me the after. Okay. Uh, high, high, high school football start. They have to get a roster first. To fill out a roster first before they can start <laughs> putting the schedule out. All right. What do you prefer in high school football? Following watching the same team every week, watching whatever team is nearby, or trying to catch a best player in the area? I like sticking with one team. I'm going to be the voice of the Lubbock High. Westerners this year. It's going to be a tough road to hoe, but we can do it. I think if, if you've got a, an attachment to a team for some reason, like if your kid plays there or you're the voice of the team, that makes sense. Otherwise, I'm going best player in the area. I just kind of want to see, like, the next level talent and go check out some really good linebacker, or quarterback, or receiver that everybody's talking about that's coming through town that night. Yeah, what were the other options? There was a following the same team every week, watching whatever team is nearby, or trying to catch a best player. Watching whatever team is nearby. Uh, I guess I kind of fall into watching whatever team is nearby and same team. I'm just going to go with, you know, my daughter goes to Klein Kane High School, so go Hurricanes. <laughs> nice. Although they do have a really good left tackle being recruited. They've got uh, Jadon Blue came out of there, the running back at Texas, Matthew Golden, the receiver at uh, Houston. Houston. So, yeah, Klein Kane Hurricanes. Go Canes. It's, it's the same as my NFL draft strategy. Best player available is how I follow high school football. You'll, uh, you're going to go to more high school football in Fort Worth? I, well, Ideally, but I'll probably be driving to Lubbock every Friday night, so maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, what will Joey's longest win streak at Tech be when all is said and done? Longest win streak. Is that this year or? I think, I think total. General. Ever? 15-0? That's a great question. So, yeah. what, like, can, can anyone even say, like, I wonder what Mike Leach's longest win streak was? He's the all-time winning his coach, right? Well, it was 10, ten right? Well, unless he won the bowl game right. season before. Yeah. So, 11 at least. So, so Joey's at four. And if we beat Oregon, there's a path to, you know, nine pretty easily before the schedule picks up. How about this? If I gave you all over under nine and a half. During his tenure, over. He'll get he'll get one big stretch. 
Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think you can get to, to double digits, it, whether it's over two seasons or one or whatever. Uh, what is the most ideal time to eat dinner? You a supper guy or dinner guy? I'm a dinner guy. Um, if it's on vacation, it's late. So, like, I was in Vegas, like, last weekend or the weekend before that, and, like, I schedule my dinner reservations. We had a couple of reservations. I make them at like nine. Um, dinner here at home for us is like, is usually kind of late too. We're not really early dinner people because I've got three young kids and they're all like busy with like practices and stuff. So it's like, it's usually, it's usually like a later dinner. So I'm in that late category, unfortunately. Yeah, I've got a toddler, and so I have two options. Either eat before she starts bedtime, which would we'd have to wrap up dinner by like 6.30, 6.45, or wait till she's down. And then, especially when it's 1.06 every day, if I'm going to go grill, I'm going to do that. I mean, it's still hot at 8 o'clock or something, but those are a little bit later. But I never eat between like 6.45 and 7.30 because that's just not doable. So either before that or after that. It's a good six fifteen. It's a good dinner time. That's early. But I'm a single man with no trouble. You might as well get the early bird special at furs or something. If you can yeah. just bump there that up by about twenty minutes. We don't have furs anymore. Rest in peace. The only time I'm ever doing a six fifteen dinner is if I'm fasting. <laughs> I'm fasting in a while, so. <laughs> uh, you've just been named the GM of an NFL expansion team. Your expansion draft is over, and you've got average to below average players. It's time for the NFL draft. Assuming you take quarterback in one of the first two rounds, which position are you drafting in the other? First off, the premise of the question is flawed. If I was GM, I would not have average or below average players. But let's assume that expansion draft. Well, still, I'm going to punch above my weight there. Um, I think you have to go edge rusher in today's game. I, I would accept playmaking receiver, lockdown corner, or left tackle. But that the game revolves around the quarterback, and so assets to either go attack the other team's quarterback or protect your own quarterback has to be the answer. But I'm going edge rusher. That's a pretty good answer. I mean, especially if your edge rushers like Joey Bosa, um, you know, you get somebody like that. That's uh, it's an automatic. I think receivers. Um, it, it all depends on like who can really impact the game, right? You can get um, – it's hard to find that that guy that can just really impact the game. If it's like a shutdown corner that like, you know, Revis Island and a guy that just totally shuts down half the field, it could be a corner. It could be an edge rusher. Um, I think Kyle's onto something there with left tackle, corner, edge. Yeah, those are certainly the most important players on the field. There's too many. There's there's so many talented ones. It's yeah. you know it's. I mean, obviously there's difference makers, right? But I think there's just there's a lot of them. There's a lot more of them per se than than you know. Looking talking about those other positions where you've got guys that can take over a game. I would also push back on drafting a quarterback. If I was building a team, I would draft a quarterback when I was ready to draft a quarterback. Well, I would like, uh, like they, the Cowboys lucked into Dak Prescott. 
he came into a, a full team and they kind of got stuck with him because of that. But or like the, draft quarterback once you have a full team. Yeah, like the NFL's last expansion team, BJ's hometown, Houston Texans. They drafted David Carr number one, and he got sacked 50 times a year because they they couldn't protect him. And so, yeah, same deal. Like, why invest in the franchise quarterback until you're ready to? If you could create a menu item, where would it be and what would it be? It would be at Rojino Barbecue. <laughs> it would be a sandwich with a bunch of green chilies on it. I've, I've mentioned this before, but I think a breakfast taco with, of course, your egg and cheese, but like some brisket, bacon, some grilled onions, there maybe you like a little bit of cilantro and jalapeno. I think that would be really good. That'd be like an elite breakfast taco. At Rojino Barbecue? Yeah, or maybe like a fish product that I caught with Wreck'em Outdoor. Wreck'em Outdoor. Follow them on Instagram, Wreck'em Outdoor. Find them online at wreckemoutdoor.com. If it, it's, it's all West Texas. But if you are a Red Raider in the Baffin Bay area and you want to fish legendary Baffin Bay, you can wade fish with Captain Preston Long at Wreckham Outdoors. Wreckemoutdoors.com or again on Instagram, Wreckham Outdoors. Uh, just incredible fit. Do you like fish picks, BJ? Do you like uh, yeah. guys catching fish and holding them up? Who doesn't? Yeah. Outdoors. Captain Preston Long. Yeah, there's a few. I follow a few uh, outdoors uh, accounts, per se. <laughs> Those are the only catfish I follow on social media. Okay. All right. BJ, I'm guessing yours is going to be like a Tex-Mex dish. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I there's, you know... I'm gonna, I was going to just pass. I'm not that creative. <laughs> like, there's, right. not, there's not much that like is, isn't on a menu somewhere that I've had that, that I enjoy. So if I made something up, it's probably already on a menu somewhere. Just take your go-to and call it the BJ Simmons. Exactly. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Some of these are. Uh, Kyle, now your thoughts on CC's Pizza since you didn't get to answer that one last week. Yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend like uh, slice for slice, CeCe's is better than some of the other options that are out there. But as a middle school or high school boy, uh, hard to beat a buffet like that. And so, yeah, I'm I'm pro CeCe's. For sure. Those little like, especially those little like cheese bread things. Oh, yeah. And the they're, like, they're like little squares of like small like uh, cheese sticks you know yeah or like if nobody else was there you go ask like hey can we get some cinnamon rolls and like yeah sure and they just like bring a whole Tray. sheet yeah. to your table with you and your friends it's awesome yeah, that's, about the cinnamon rolls. that's the thing about cc's even though it's a buffet you can't be scared to act like they'll make whatever you want yeah if you and if you don't see a fresh one out there you're like you're like hey bro this this pep's been sitting here for like 15 minutes will you make me a fresh pep and they're like yeah yeah sure you know and then you just you get whatever you want. Yeah, you, you got free refills on the soda, little arcade at most CCs if you got a few quarters in your pocket. You can get a salad or some pasta. I mean. Uh, <laughs> no, if I'm going to a pizza buffet, I'm not getting salad. There's a time and place for that. Uh, let's see. What Winter Olympic event would Kyle win gold in? 
I, I probably wouldn't, but the, the winter Olympic sport that looks most fun to me, if I ever wanted to like pick up a sport would be the short track speed skating, the way they just like fly around there. I think that's pretty cool. So I, obviously I wouldn't win anything, but that one looks like the most fun if I was going to try it out. Uh, the next question is what summer I'll, Olympic event? I'll, would Ron I'll, I'm in the same ballpark with the skating. I was kind of thinking figure skating. <laughs> yeah, I definitely couldn't do that. Some duos. <laughs> you could go blazing saddles and skate together. Now <laughs> no, I was talking about for Kyle, not me. Oh yeah. Well, I would need a duet partner. Yeah. So, uh, what summer Olympic event would Rob win gold in? Summer Olympic. Um, are you a good shot? Like, so it's probably not anything track related. No. Um, Why do you say that, BJ? What about like I could see him winning like uh, like archery or something, or one of these like uh, what, what's it called where you like shoot and then run? Yeah, like skeet shooting. Is no, there right, the, the 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 decathlon? No, there's something where you no. like. Oh, yeah, it's like cross country <laughs> rifle or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you like you like ski, and then you like take your rifle off, like shoot at a target, and then you start skiing again. That's oh, that's winter. That's winter. Yeah, yeah. We're talking summer. I was thinking like ping pong. Just give me a couple of months. How about like diving? <laughs> Have you seen the fat guy diving on uh, on Instagram? No. <laughs> He's good, dude. All right. I don't want to break any uh, d- uh, diving boards. Right, if we got a comment in the on the YouTube comments, curling. If we if the three of us teamed up with Trey Wolf, we could probably get a, a curling yep. bronze medal at least. You know, podium finish. Big curling guy. Yeah. Um, what's your number one excuse for getting out of a social event you don't want to go to? Recording I a podcast. I have a toddler. I can get out of anything. Oh. <laughs> hey, sorry, I got to go pick her up from daycare. Sorry, she's not feeling well. Sorry, her bedtime is at this and this. We only have the babysitter till such and such. Gets you out of anything. Nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, really?" Well, like nobody's gonna fact check. They're like, "Oh, okay, yeah." So it, it's it's nice. BJ, you getting out of any social events? You got to go to. Excuse. Uh, yeah, I'm just not big on. Uh... Reframe the whole question. So, uh, what's your number one excuse for getting out of a social event you don't want to go to? Just that I don't don't really need an excuse. I just say, no, I'm not really big on that. And I'm I'm pretty honest, (laughs) brutally honest. I'm not big on, I'm not big on social events. I'm not big on being around a lot of people in general. I hate lines. I hate weights. I hate crowds. Um, I hate heat. So if it's a social event outside, the odds are definitely that I'm not going to go. Um, yeah, I just I just say I don't want to go, and I don't go. <laughs> I don't like to like. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, one has to go forever: steak, shrimp, fried chicken, or ribs. One has to go forever. Shrimp. Yeah, I'm going shrimp. Shrimp, the easy one there. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, what do you expect out of the former tech starters around the league this season? 
Donovan Smith, Reggie Pearson, and Alan Bowman. I I already gave my Reggie Pearson prediction last episode. I think he'll be on a lot of highlight reels. And I'll just leave it at that. For both teams. <laughs> I, I don't expect much from Alan Bowman. I'm I'm rooting for Donovan Smith more, more so. I, I think he like had some of the tools and potential and don't want him to do it against us, obviously, but I, I hope he has a good season at Houston, and I think he will. BJ, any Donovan Smith's thoughts? Hey, can y'all hear my dog barking? Uh, a little bit, but my dogs do it all the time, so no worries. We got a new puppy. so. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, where's Pearson? Oklahoma. Yeah, I liked him. Um. I thought he was a really good safety. Uh, yeah, I think Pearson will have the best um, uh, best season of the three. Put it that way. Uh, yeah. All right, we've got another choose one to what what go. Which quarterback would you rather have on your squad if you were a offensive coordinator, Donovan or Alan Bowman? That's a hard question because I already alluded to Alan Bowman. He left me on read when I DM'd him. Um, Donovan's kind of a winner, uh, limited as a passer, but like gritty, tough, like, you know, can win. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really, really tough question to answer because um, – I don't think there's just like a for sure one or the other. It's a great question. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Donovan of the two. It's a good answer. Me too. Uh, start bench process cut. You familiar with this, BJ? Start bench cut. Yeah, of course. All right. Lemon cake, chocolate cake, carrot cake, vanilla cake. I'll start vanilla, bench chocolate. Cut carrot, and what was the process? Lemon? Lemon. Yeah, process lemon, cut carrot. Starting lemon cake. It's goaded. Yeah, especially those, like, lemon pudding cakes. Like, oh, yeah. H-E-B sells those little round round ones, like the lemon with the hole in the middle, you know, the little lemon cakes, pudding cakes. Those are legit. Am I supposed to start bench and cut? What is process? I'm not. I'm not familiar with process. That's in between a bench and a cut. Like you can <laughs> cut a player, and you don't really care where he goes. But if you process him, you know you'll help him find a good landing spot where he can get some playing time. So it's in between bench and cut. Okay, uh, I'm definitely starting lemon cake. I'm benching vanilla and chocolate. Uh, if I have ice cream with it, I'm rolling chocolate. If it's just cake with no ice cream, I'm rolling vanilla, and I'll probably cut carrot. I would probably bench carrot. Cream cheese frosting is uh, really good, and you usually get it with the carrot cake. If we had a fifth cake, red velvet in the fold, I would red shirt that, which is in between bench and process. Just for the record. Uh, start bench, process cut. The gambling got you us four sponsors. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Not going to do that. All right. We're almost at 90 minutes of us. I think that's enough questions from the mailbag. We appreciate everyone asking the questions. 
If you want to get in the Discord mailbag, you can do so by joining us on Patreon, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. BJ, thanks for joining us. Do you have any final thoughts, BJ? Uh, no, I'm looking forward to Laramie. Looking forward to Laramie. We're really excited about that trip. Haven't been that excited about a road trip in a while. I like to go on tech road game trips, especially places that you never really get to see very often. So Laramie was one of those. So looking forward to the weather. Like I said, I got a pretty large ticket uh, that I placed in Vegas a couple weeks ago that I'm excited about for that game. So we are hammering. We've hammered 13 and a half. BJ Sorry. Simmons focused on Wyoming. There's love, one more question. What, what kind it. of what kind of blizzard were you eating? Uh, it was it was a blizzard with uh, Reese's cups and Snickers both. Ooh, nice. So going with just the Reese's cups or the Snicker blizzard, you just get both of them. So, Kyle, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, shout out to my mom. She was streaming today. Apparently, she was texting me during the show and. Like when you asked a question about CC, she was like, I love to take you there. Cause she took me to CC's all the time as a kid. And then BJ, like the second or third time you asked Rob to repeat a question. She was like, is BJ even paying attention? <laughs> so she's like real invested in all of us, you know, paying attention. And uh, anyway, so shout out to mom. Shout out to Kyle's mom. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. Appreciate it. I'll, <laughs> I'll pay better attention next time, mom. Sorry about sure. that. She'll forgive you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. All right. Fellas, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for joining Wait. us, man. See you in a couple weeks. I'll be looking forward to that barbecue tailgate at the uh, Houston game. We'll lock it in. Let's do it. On me. Especially if that Wyoming ticket cashes. Absolutely. When that Wyoming ticket cashes. When. When it does. All right. Thanks, everybody. Love you all.